you who don't know me, I'm Steph and I'm the Associate Minister here and what a joy it is to be with you today. And um, We've just been away for um, a couple of weeks and whilst it was lovely, to begin with I was glad to be away, I'll be honest. But as it came to the end, Harry was excited about coming back and I was like, you're better than me, I'm still on holiday here. And then it came to the Sunday, last Sunday evening and I was like, I am ready. That was just the right amount of time because the next day I was back at work. I was ready, I was ready to come back and boy am I excited to share with you what I feel God wants to share with you today and it's about being excited. I'm not a quiet person when I'm excited about something. I cannot wait for it. I won't shut up about it. I'll keep talking about it. And I am so ready for it. And I will be loud and excited about it. But sometimes we're not always quite excited. Sometimes people don't want to come to church. Have you thought about that before? People don't want to come to church. They think it might be boring. Wow, I don't know what church they've gone to, but it's not the same place I've been to. In fact, I have heard this phrase said to me in various forms over the years. That was a bit of a long talk. I was so bored in church today. I cannot believe how long that person went on for. Oh, interrupted my Sunday dinner. Those kind of things have been said to me, and maybe you've heard that too. But see, in our reading today, what we heard was a group of people that chose to go out and stand from the dawn of day to lunchtime, till midday, to hear the word of God. We heard people go, so that was probably about six hours, they stood and listened. They stood and they listened. Now I think that feels a little bit odd. Would you go and stand and listen for that long? I don't know. But we're going to come on a little bit more to that in a little bit. But my point today is I want you to be excited about this. I want you to be excited today, as excited as I am about the Bible, about the Word of God and what it has to teach us about our lives today. What it has to reveal to us, to enlighten us about how incredible God is, but how he has chosen you and what he, incredible things he has for you and your lives. So are you here with me for that today? Thank you. Good. Well, let's get to it then. Let's open up the word and see what it has to say to us. So here we are. Until the end of the seventh chapter in the book of Nehemiah focuses on the people and the reconstruction of the wall. But by the beginning of Nehemiah, there is a realization that something is wrong in Jerusalem. The word of God has not become the center of the spiritual spirituality in this community. They have gone on building, building, fighting, building, and they've forgotten about the word of God. So they come to a point where they say, actually, this is what we need. We need to hear what God has for us. And this is where we are today. And we're not with Nehemiah now. We are with a man called Ezra. 
And all you really need to know about Ezra, that he's a Bible nerd. That is what you need to know. If you want to know a little bit more, Ezra was sent by a man called Artaxerxes, which was the king of Persia. And he was the same man that sent Nehemiah to rebuild the wall. And he sent him to bring the word of God into the community because that was his thing. It was knowing the book of the law, the Pentateuch, the first five books that we have in our Bible. But that's what they had then. And he knew it really, really well. And this man is standing reading the Bible, the law of the Lord, as has it's described in some versions. And this, this is really, I just think it's incredible that he stood and read for six hours. And that these people requested it, that there was an awareness of the people that the answers to their problems would be found in this words, in these words, that that problems could be solved by God. We don't see that today, do we? We don't see people think that their problems can be solved by the Bible. People think I'm mad that this is something that I I rely on. I was only sharing the other day um, with, with Harry, who I'm married to, that his family think I'm an alien because I'm a Christian and a vicar. They think I'm really weird. My fr- you probably all think, well, she is a bit weird. But people think I'm really weird because the Bible is so important to my life. At school, I was classed as the weird one because I believed in Jesus that this book, dictate, not dictated, but I trusted in, in the way that I lived. And these people feel the same. And all the people came, including the children, including the women, stood there, and came back to their homeland and gathered here. The people came back were those who wanted a better relationship with God, and they had gathered to hear the word of the law and his law. These people didn't stand having a natter with their mates, but they were listening, and they said, Amen, and lifted their hands and bowed their heads. And they stood for probably about six hours. We can safely assume that those on the platform probably helped Ezra out with, um, out, helped Ezra out and read with him. They helped people understand the word as well, just as I'm doing now, trying to unpack this with you. And everybody listened. I know I've said it, but everybody listened. They didn't sit and kind of stay off into the sun. It says they listened. Now, there's a few reasons why I think we might find this difficult to to grasp. Why would you stand for six hours? Maybe you think, actually, no, totally get it. I could do that all day. Well, well done, but some people aren't as good and faithful Christians or maybe as nerdy about the Bible as Ezra was. But the thing is, copies of the Bible weren't as readily available as they are now. So these people, to get the word of God, to hear the word of God, they had to go and hear it. They, weren't, they couldn't all read and write. There was no such thing as an audio book. They couldn't go and look at some artwork. That, that's the one thing that happened in history, that people went to look at artwork to go and find out about the Bible and about God. There was no other way than to go and listen to it. And this book was probably chained up to somewhere for a person to read out. 
and they had to rely on that person being there and being able to get close enough to even be able to hear it. So these people came and they listened. They came and they listened for six hours because that was the only way that they could hear the word of God. The last time I stood anywhere for six hours to hear something that was in a muddy field because I wanted to hear the headline act at a festival. That was the last time I stood for that long. Some of you here probably think, oh yeah, amazing. I'd love to sit and listen to the Bible read out to me for six hours long. Some of you might be even thinking, oh yeah, I'd love to get down with my friends and discuss the Bible for six hours long. Brilliant. But in reality, the most we can properly handle is reading a little bit of the Bible a day and listening to a talk for about 10 to 20 minutes. That's probably about what our intention span can take in. But these people, this was the only way. We are so, so incredibly lucky that we can have this in so many different forms that it's been translated into so many different languages, that it's in Braille, that we have an audio book, that people can share it with us. These people, they had to go and stand and listen to it, but they believed that this word was gonna change them because they realized that through the word of God, Maybe they didn't realize this at the time, but they knew something was going to happen when they heard it. But I believe through the word of God, renewal happens. I believe through people living out what they read there, renewal happens. We see it elsewhere in the Bible as well. We see it in Chronicles. Just going to find um, this bit. So in Chronicles in Judah, that he was languished under the godless reigns of, of a king, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, and his son Amon. And Amon's son Josiah began to seek the Lord when he was 16 and to institute spiritual reforms. Then a guy called Hijak the priest found a copy of God's law and Josiah called the nation to repentance. And revival was ensured because God's word was obeyed. When we pick up the Bible, when we read what it has for us, when we obey it, our lives are transformed and renewal happens. And that is what I so want to see in Telford. I want to see people coming in and saying, I want to know more about Jesus. I want to open the Bible and I want to help you understand it. I want to help you learn about Jesus. I want to help you learn what God has for your life. And maybe here you, you, want, you are so good at reading your Bible. Maybe you are so good at getting up every day. I don't know if you're a morning, you might be a morning or an evening person, but you, you get up and you read your Bible and you read that set program that you said in the new year that you were going to follow and you're going to be a good and faithful servant and read it. You're laughing like, no, that's definitely not me. You might be another person who just picks up their Bible and just reads a bit here and there. Brilliant, amazing. I'm so glad you're doing it. I'm so glad that it's a priority, even if it's just, you don't always manage to do it, but you do, you do it sometimes. What I'm really sad to hear is if you don't do that at all. And that's what I so want people to do because even though it, it might feel really scary, you might have heard about all these laws in it that terrify you and tell you how to live your life. But there's so much stuff in it that will transform your life. 
I used to go into um, prisons, a prison, just one, and um, there's a guy there, and we were telling him about the Bible. And then we came back in a month, and he said to us, he said to um, me and my friend Anina, and said, Stephanina, I've been reading this Bible, and you keep telling me about Jesus, but where is he? And we were like, well, where, where have you got to? What have you done? And bless him. He started at the beginning, and he got to a book called Exodus in the Bible. And we were like, okay, start here, and then you'll find Jesus. And the next time we came back in a month, he was like, my life's been transformed. Because he, and I, I tell you now, if you've never picked up the Bible, don't just start at the very beginning. I know Julie Andrews thinks it's a good place to start, but it's not always the best place to start. Sometimes we need to go a little bit further, and maybe the Gospels might be a good place. The Bible is amazing. Now let's get back. Yeah, there we go. Today, if you've never opened a Bible before, you've never found a Bible plan that suits you, you've always been fearful of it. Don't leave today without speaking to me or Matt or somewhere with one of these and help you to find a way to unpack it for you. Because the scriptures change lives, they change communities, they change people. These people, though, when they picked up the Bible, the people in, in this chapter in Ezra, in Nehemiah, that Ezra is speaking to, a few things happen to them. And it kind of teaches us, it does teach us how we should respond. So there's five things that they did that happened to them. And firstly, they repented. The people wept when they heard and they understood God's word. They wept. Some of these were good tears, but some of these were sad tears because they'd realized how much that they had done wrong, how much they'd walked away from God and how much they'd done wrong, how much they'd messed up. And we see more of this in chapter 9, which we'll unpack next week. But the fact is, the more that we read the Bible, the more that God's light shines in our lives, the more that we see the ways that we can go right and the ways that we can go wrong and the ways that are best for us to live, the ways that will bring spiritual renewal. And part of it is saying sorry. Part of it is saying God, I'm sorry about this drug problem. Help me, help me resolve it. I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry that I've hurt this person. It teaches us the ways to live of our world that are, are gossipy, our addiction, are all these things. There's a better way to live. And one of the things that we need to do first is say, God, I'm sorry I got it wrong. And probably you need to say sorry to some people too. These people cried because of the things that they'd done wrong and the changes that they needed to make in their lives. But they cried too because they were full of joy. You ever cried because you're so happy about something? The joy that they were hearing from God's word moved their hearts. The words that they heard did remind them that God punishes sin, that God, that they needed to be obey God. But it also reminded them of what they'd done right and what goodness God gave them. So they celebrated. 
They had not been utterly destroyed as a nation despite what they'd done wrong. And by God's grace, there was a new beginning. So that called for joy. The joy that he has forgiven all of our sins. That was what should fill our hearts too. The joy that we are forgiven people, that we have eternal life in heaven. We just have to choose him. The third thing that these people were taught were good deeds. We read, go and enjoy food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. Ezra reminded these people to send portions of of what they had to those who could not eat or had nothing. Everyone was on this day was to eat and be merry. They were to share their food with those who didn't have anything as it was a gift from God. It was a sign of joy and these people should share with it too. We're really good at doing that in this country, I think, is that on days of celebration, on on Christmas Day, people are so good at giving up their time so others can celebrate with them. I hope we can be as good as that through when we have when we're in our in our space we can be and here as well that we can be good when we celebrate as helping others celebrate with us even though they they might not be able to but we can help celebrate with them and give them what we have so they can celebrate too good deeds god's word to produce compassion in our hearts for those who need it That's another thing that that teaches us. We see it left, right, and center of good deeds happening so that people can have a greater life, so they can have greater joy in their life. The next thing that these people learn is obedience. That's the fourth thing. The people heard in the reading of the holy law that they should observe the Feast of Booths. This was an event that celebrating the harvest that God had granted and remembering the shelter giving during the time of Moses in the wilderness. This was a story that happened earlier in Exodus in the Bible. But the two things that you need to know was that the people remembering and celebrating food and shelter. That's probably quite key to most of our lives, food and shelter. We want to stay warm. We want to be fed. And this is what they're remembering here as celebrating And since it was only two weeks away, they immediately made preparations to do it. And the Israelites had not celebrated the Feast of Booths like this since the time of Joshua, which is a a few books back. This was beautiful, simple obedience. Their attitude was that God had said it, so we will do it. Even though tradition did not tell them to keep this feast, They relied on God's words, not on tradition. That is something we see a lot, isn't it? Oh, we'll do this in church. We'll keep these frilly things. And we'll do it this way because this is the way that we've always done it. Did you know that there's a few reasons? So one of the reasons you have a, a bar here, that was to keep out livestock from entering the sanctuary. You've got all your things over your communion, so no bat droppings get in it. We keep these things in place, and we've just kept them. No real explanation, but instead of doing things because of tradition, let's do things because God has called us to do it. 
if God says, let's get rid of these robes, these fancy things, so that people can find us more accessible, let's get rid of them. Let's do more things. You can tell the things that annoy me, can't you? Let's do the things that God calls us to do. Let's step out into the community. And if that means we, play, we do all these weird things, all these normal things to the outside world, and it means we're going to reach people, it means we're obeying what God wants us to do, let's do them. And the last thing God calls them to do is worship. The Feast of Booths lasted a whole week, and every day it consisted of more reading of God's law, yes, more reading, cultivating in a gathering on the final day. In other words, they did a lot of rejoicing, that they did a lot of celebrating God, and they did a lot of learning from God. Wouldn't that be cool if every party we had was like that? We, we heard the word of God, and then we ate, and we were merry. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Well, I, like I said, I am a bit weird. These people also camped in their temporary shelters, as they'd been called to do. I was telling Matt this morning that I imagine these temporary shelters like something out of Hawaii with like straw things, probably nothing like that, but that's what I decided they'd look like uh, when preparing for this. And they reflected back on God's faithful dealings with their nation in spite of their sins. And so they were filled with thanks and love towards God. That was an other part of that celebration. Imagine if that was also what was ours. We all spent time just reflecting and thanking God for what he had done for us. The reading, the reflection, the study and preaching of God's word should produce in us a heart of worship as we reflect on his abundant mercies towards us. Friends, this Bible, this story tells us that we have two choices in the way that we live our lives. We can either go the way of the world and what that tells us to do. We can look on our social media, we can hear what our friends say, and we can go and do what they suggest we do. Or we can pick up our Bibles, we can open them, we can read them and we can ask God earnestly, Lord, speak to me through your word. What do you have for me? It's funny, my friends and I always say when we're struggling, we read the Bible and we ask God to help. And it's funny because it normally helps <laughs> and normally things get better. Even in the most difficult times and situations. I get that Picking up our Bibles can be hard. I get that wanting to hear talks and stuff can feel really difficult. But this scripture here today shows us how people, how renewals began, how lives were transformed. So please don't ignore this gift that we have. Instead, pick it up. Because when we choose to listen to it, even when it hurts, we can say, God, I want to know you more. I want you to speak to me. When we choose to pick up our Bibles, we choose to ask someone to help us to get to know the word. 
when we say, teach me, our lives are transformed. You might be still sat here thinking, this is a load of rubbish. Why do I want to read something that is a few thousand years old? What has that got to say to me? Well, believe you me, it transformed my life. And I like to be really on trend and really cool. And it still managed to transform my life. And I think it's pretty awesome what it has to say there. Some people come to church with reverence for God and say, teach me. Others say, I don't want to hear that. What are you going to choose today? Are you going to say, Lord, teach me? Or are you going to say, not for me? What are you going to do? Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for how the people in the scripture teach us of the wonder and awe of your word and how much they wanted it teaches us and reminds us of the goodness that's in it. And I pray today, Lord, I pray that we here will be enlightened and our whole world's transformed by your word. I pray that we will be people of bravery that aren't afraid to tell our friends about this word. And I pray that we are people that listen to God's words for six hours at a time. And Lord, I ask for those of us here today that find it's, or have never even looked at the Bible. I pray, God, that you will stir their hearts today to help them find it easier to open up this book or find a way to ask someone, help me, I want to know more. Amen. Oh,